When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We here at the Fumbling Four Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Once again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Got something that might interest you. <laughs> Well, welcome back to the Resident Evil Lurecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me is my fellow hosts, Daniel. Hi there. And... Just Ariel. Ariel. It's just Ariel. (laughs) So today, we're here to talk about our thoughts, our BOWs, and our characters... In Resident Evil Apocalypse. Are you sure? No. GTA, motherfucker. (laughs) So what do we got up first? B-O-W. Let's go. I knew that was going to (laughs) happen. So last episode, I did forget one. I just watched the movie. I don't know how I forgot it. Uh, I forgot to add the liquors to that list, but they were already described in the previous movie's episodes. So we had the zombies, the zombie dogs, and liquors, which were previously in there. And then in this new one, we have Nemesis. Stars. Daniel forgot to liquor. (laughs) Don't tell everybody. (laughs) So in this, Nemesis is, of course, a B.O.W. that is based off the T-Virus. And in this case, he was placed into the Nemesis program. So, Major Kane decides to activate both Alice and Nemesis to see if they can fight each other. Nemesis is being somewhat controlled by a program. Really weird. For a B.O.W. He also carries... Weapons. Of mass destruction. Trying to find it. So, Nemesis employs a M314 minigun and a rocket launcher which he only apparently has six rockets and 5,000 bullets. 
I think it was more than 5,000. I think it was too. And if anybody will note, notate, he did have a counter of how many rockets and bullets he had up in the upper left of his uh, HUD screen. Yep. And the counter was wrong sometimes because yeah. it would go up. I don't think it did on the rockets, though. No, it didn't on the rockets. They did keep track of those rockets. Yeah, I was impressed. Yeah, because I don't think he used them all. But he did end up fighting Alice multiple times, her getting away. There's not much on his biology other than that he is hardier, he is quicker. I think he somewhat had semi, not a photographic memory, but he did start learning her moves. Because I think when they fought towards the end, and it was mostly the hand-to-hand, she was whooping up on him for a while, and then he started getting the upper hand, him being a little slower. I think he was figuring out how she fought for the most part, and that's why he was then able to fight back. But there isn't much on the Nemesis version from the movies as far as his biology and whatnot, other than that he does look almost to a T like the Nemesis from the games. His biology is that he's Matt. (laughs) Matt! And it is not specified whether this Nemesis has the Nemesis parasite or not. So we can hope. I think we can assume it's probably got the nemesis parasite, to be honest. Let's see. You know what they say when they you assume? <laughs> it's mostly out of just him and him. <laughs> but that is what I have on BOWs, because nemesis was really our only new BOW in this, and nothing will have changed on the other ones yet until we get to later installments. Okay. So, uh... Yeah, my only thoughts on the Nemesis are I know you brought up the fact that he was being controlled and it's kind of weird. Not entirely a far of a stretch, though, for me. I don't know how you guys felt about that. I will be more than happy to say what I feel about that when we do the discussion. Okay. Well, in that case, then I guess it's time for some characters. Yes. So the first one's Alice which I'm not going to go over. I already went over her last Mm -hmm. episode. So I'm going to go into Jill. So Jill was a Raccoon City police officer. Jill had raised herself in the Star's Special Police Force as their rising star. Her reputation was ruined after a botched investigation known as the Arclay Mountains Incident. She gained insight into a classified bioweapon weakness which was said to be a cranial flaw. Initially, Umbrella intended to bribe her to keep the international bioweapons market a secret. Had that failed, they planned to have her neutralized. She attempted to go to her superiors with the information and was suspended from duty on the grounds that she was suffering from a breakdown following a colleague's death. Ah... So that's where her suspension came from in the movie. The Raccoon City incident began during her suspension, and she quickly armed herself and reported for duty at the Raccoon City police station. So then everything after that is what happened in the movie, but that kind of gives you the background of like why she was suspended. How did she already know to shoot them in the head? Okay. Yeah, because I did question that during the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that kind of... That's a little bit of the background of the Jill Valentine in this movie. 
Okay, so there was a mansion incident. At least something or something, something along, those along those lines. It was the Arclay Mountain incident. Oh, okay. All right. I can get down with this now. I'm back on board. So the next one I have is Carlos Oliveira. So he was an umbrella biohazard countermeasure service operative who served under the Umbrella Corps until the Raccoon City incident, after which he joined an anti-umbrella vigilante group, which we'll go kind of more into that in Extinction. So during Raccoon, like this, during this movie, he was a, you know, member of the BCSU during the outbreak. And while returning from a mission in the city via helicopter during the outbreak, Oliveira disobeyed orders issued by his superiors to return to base and instead tried to save Marla Maples who was being attacked by a group of undead on the rooftop. So that's when you first see Carlos in the movie. And that's really what we have on Carlos right now. There's a bit more when it comes to extinction, but as of right now, that's what we get on Carlos. And the next one I have is Major Kane. I'm sorry, everything, every time we say his name, I just think Major Payne. Uh, same. <laughs> <laughs> And Kane was an officer in Umbrella's elite security force, and he was responsible for the quarantine of Raccoon City following the T-Virus outbreak. And at Kane's direction, the hive was unsealed. So it was Kane that unsealed the hive, releasing the undead and liquors into the city, which resulted in the catastrophic outbreak. All efforts to contain the virus failed, and Umbrella sealed off the city in preparation for a nuclear strike. And, of course, this didn't bother Kane at all. Because to him, life is cheap, and that, in any case, no one could logically have survived up to that point. So, And it was Kane who woke Alice and Matt up, who is now Nemesis and set them loose into the city because he wanted to test them against each other to determine which one was the better um, evolution is what he called it. So that's basically Kane. I think he got what he deserved when he died. I don't know. I feel like he kind of got more. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one I'm going to go to is Angela Ashford. And she is the only child of Dr. Charles Ashford. And because Angela possessed the same degenerative condition as her father, she was destined to eventually spend the remainder of her life in a wheelchair. And you can kind of see this when she's talking and she said when she was younger, she had to use crutches to get around and then eventually the wheelchair. Her father prevented this by developing the T-virus. And while in almost all cases of humans infected with the virus suffering uncontrollable mutation, the reanimation of dead cells that the T-virus caused in her was enough to allow Angela to regenerate her limbs and walk again, if kept in check with periodic injections of the antivirus. 
Angela was among the VIP family members chosen for evac. She was pulled out of her class in school in an attempt to get her out of the city before the infection spread too far, but the SUV that she was in crashed when it was blindsided by a truck. Everyone in it was killed except for Angela, and she fled to the school. So that's, you know, the little bit of info. I don't like going into what happened in the movie because, you know, I already discussed the plot of it, so... Next one I'm going to go into is Sergeant Peyton Wells. And he was a STARS officer involved in the incident. Wells was among the officers along with Jill and assisting the civilians of Raccoon City to safety to safely evacuate the city from the outbreak. As each citizen was being examined by the Umbrella security team for any exposure, one of the civilians was already infected and died. Wells tried to advise everyone to stay clear of the deceased individual, but that same one reanimated and attacked him, biting and infecting him. So that's basically, that's what happens to him. So next one I'm going to go into is Dr. Ashford. Dr. Ashford. Mm -hmm. So Charles Ashford is a wheelchair-bound scientist employed by Umbrella and the father of Angela. He's the one, he's one of the men responsible for the creation of the T-virus, which would revive dead or dying cells. And although he created it for medical purposes, Umbrella took away the virus and perverted it by creating other viral agents. Before Umbrella took away his creation, Ashford managed to use the virus to cure Angela. In a way. So Ashford was among the employees that were getting evac'd and when his daughter never you know showed up they said they had lost contact of the SUV with his daughter he stayed behind he refused to get evac'd because he believed that she was still alive <laughs> so that's basically Ashford next is LJ, and I'm so excited. I love LJ. He's one of my favorite characters. Hands down, because he's so hilarious. So, Lloyd Jefferson Wayne, aka LJ, was a former Walmart employee and an unwitting survivor of the Raccoon City incident. And after having been arrested and taken to the police station, LJ was handcuffed to a bench with a prostitute. Though at first he assumed she was simply tired, he soon saw that she too had become undead. All that had saved him from being bitten and infected was Jill Valentine. She freed him and advised the whole station to leave the city. 
So while LJ was fleeing... He crashed his car because he was busy looking at strippers. <laughs> and thus, the rest of the events happen with LJ. GTA, motherfucker. GTA, motherfucker. Oh, I love LJ. He was so funny. Next, I'm going to go into Terry Morales. And she was a weather girl for the TV station Raccoon 7. She is formerly a news anchor before an unspecified incident led to her dismissal. Morales intended to document the incident in the hopes of earning an Emmy and regaining her lost credibility. She had used a handheld digital video camera to record everything. And... She was present at the standoff at the Raven's Gate Bridge, along with Peyton Wells and Jill, where they later took refuge in the church. So that is basically what I have on her. I did feel bad for her. I was rooting for her. So next is Nikolai. Nikolai Genevieve. So during the outbreak, Nikolai, alongside Carlos and Yuri, campaigned against the growing legion of undead in an attempt to secure safe passage for the uninfected civilians. They had rejoined with their comrades on the ground to continue the fight after they had disobeyed, like him and Carlos and Yuri disobeyed the orders to go back to base. So that's basically what I have on Nikolai. Definitely different than the other Nikolai. Next is Dr. Isaacs. He was a senior virologist and geneticist within Umbrella. He played a major role in the T-virus research during the pandemic. So that's basically what we have right now on Dr. Isaacs. He plays a, more of a role later on in later movies. But for right now, that's what we know about him. Next, I'm going to go into Yuri. Yuri Loganova. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. <laughs> I don't know. worked in a squad with Carlos and Nikolai. And not much is known about Yuri since he is a man of few words, meaning he didn't have that many lines. <laughs> and poor Yuri was infected with the T-virus and was later killed by Nikolai after he had succumbed to it. So... Though there is a little bit more. Yuri is the reason, the undead Yuri is the reason why Carlos got bitten and infected. So, I do have a little fun little fact about him, though, that I kind of want to throw in here, since there wasn't too much about him. So, Yuri's unconventionally feminine surname of Loganova, as opposed to Loganov, was likely made as a reference to Russian actress Galina Loganova, who is Mila Jovovich's mother. Oh, that's a fun little fact. Yeah, that is a fun little fact. 
So that's basically all I have for characters. At least, you know, the important characters. Though I'm sure I know that Daniel is really upset I don't go into the undead strippers. So. <laughs> Darn it. Darn. They were so few lines as well. Oh my god. I don't know what to do with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, since that's it here, I guess we will go to a mid-break, and when we come back from that mid-break, we're going to do discussion time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, here we are in the middle of the show. Ariel. It's awful middly in here. What do we do here, though? Look for hot tingles in our area? <laughs> nope, that's the wrong podcast. Oh, dang. <laughs> oh, wait. I don't have to say dang. Fuck. <laughs> no, we thank our patrons. Oh, yeah. Like our VIP patrons. Oracle, Cerberus, Chaotic Kita, Chris Slate, Donnie Shanks, Everything Res Evil, Naked Mango, Pocket Comet, The Seven Sins, and William Jackson. And of course, we have to thank our all-access patrons, Dead Socks, Edward Parks, Jeremy Kelly, and Remington Cloutier. And our official patrons, Ryan Black and Some Random Guy. Thank you, patrons! Yes, thank you very much. We greatly appreciate it. And thank you, listeners, because we appreciate you as well. Without you, we would not a show. No show. I would be a sad. I'd be a sad boy. You wouldn't. <laughs> Why do you say that? I I just came out of my mouth. I, I know, and you're wrong. I would be incredibly sad if we didn't have the show. <laughs> I get to learn all kinds of cool Resident Evil facts. 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 But yes, thank you to our patrons. Thank you to our lovely listeners. And thank you to everyone who supports us in any way they can. It's wonderful. Thank you so much. The show is possible because of you. Sometimes it sounds like we're PBS broadcasting, you know. Call this show in. is made by made possible by sponsors like you. Call in now <laughs> and pledge to keep us going. <laughs> did the volume get super loud? Oh my god. Did the, did the volume get that's CBS, not PBS. Close enough. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, what do we got, Danny? I got your sign right here for you. Oh? Here's your sign. <laughs> yes, yeah, so if you would be interested in getting a Stars Raccoon Police Department sign. Oh, that's pretty cool. Ooh, that is legit. You can go to ecrater.com and look up Biohazard Stars RPD Resident Evil LED Neon Light Sign. Yes, there's a lot of words there. I think Ariel needs one against the, black, against the black curtain backdrop she has behind her. That'd be badass. <laughs> the size of the sign is 12 inches by 8 inches, so it's about the size of a normal piece of paper, printer paper. And it runs $23.99. Looks like shipping is mostly $2.99, but I would want to think that that costs more. But currently it does say it's $2.99 on eCredit. Right now they say they have one in stock, but I believe that will probably fill up. There's multitude of colors you can get. Looks like you can get gold, red, white, green, or blue with the colors. Well, you got to get gold. That's the stars. I don't know. That blue one looks pretty fucking sweet, though. Okay, the blue one does look pretty cool. How's the red one look? I mean, that one looks kind of cool, too. 
I like the gold better. All right, silver. They all, all of them look fucking awesome. Except, eh. for, except for the green. No, I'm not a fan of the green. But yes, so if you go to ecrater.com and look for Biohazard Stars RPD Resident Evil LED Neon Light Sign, you can say that probably a lot faster for everybody. Or just uh, head to the show notes and I will post a link in it with that so you can just go straight to it. And remember, if you get any of this merchandise, please share pictures of it. Yeah, I want to see this. Not everybody does. Not <laughs> you have to, but it's definitely great to see some of this stuff that we've talked about on the show in pictures. Fuck yeah. It is. And that's what I have. All right, Ariel. What do you got? I've got an article Ooh. that I've read. Much like I always do. Mm. So this one comes from MP First, and the title is Report Resident Evil 7 Alpha Screenshots Leak Out, Revealing Leon-Led Story Concept. Ooh. Yeah, fuck yes. Been much better. So screenshots from an alleged RE7 Alpha concept have leaked out, showcasing a mock Venetian setting experienced in third person and led by series icon Leonis Kennedy. The original story was supposed to revolve around a water-based BOW and feature greater player agency and key gameplay scenarios. The screenshots come from freelance concept artist Sergei Kalinin of design studio Volta. And Kalinin has worked for a number of game development studios, including Ubisoft and Sledgehammer Games, but has lent his services to Capcom for every Resident Evil game since RE4. Ooh. So the RE7 alpha screenshots reveal a third-person Leon-helmed continuation of the Resident Evil 6 story, but set in a Venice-inspired fictional European city. The environments look strikingly similar to the Assassin's Creed Revelations depiction of Constantinople, likely due to Kalanin's work with Ubisoft. Industry insider Dust Gollum has claimed that the original concept of RE7, as depicted in Kalanin's screenshots, featured Leon and the Sherry character and revolved around a water-based BOW. In a manner similar to Telltale Games' titles, this RE7 concept let players choose between differing actions and slow motion choice moments. Dust Gollum further claims that a 30 to 60 minute playable demo of the concept was made in a late 2012, late 2013 period, but was scrapped in favor of returning to the series' first person survival horror roots. Kalanin has previously a shared concept art of the Baker House from RE7. So, yeah, that is what I have. And honestly, would have been fucking awesome. I don't know. The whole Telltale style gameplay would have turned me away. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have enjoyed that, personally. Having known what... RE7 was, I think I would have dealt with it. <laughs> oh boy. You and your hatred for that game will I'm never not die. I'm not a fan. I am not a fan. <laughs> Just not. Oh gosh. Man, I was so heartbroken. But yeah, so that's what I got. So, 
I brought something on a happier note. This comes to us from Numskull's official merchandise. Ooh, what is it? So this you can get. This is an Amazon link that we're going to put in the show notes. But this is the official Numskull Resident Evil wireless charging pad for phones and wireless devices. So what it is is a 10W FastQI charger, and it has the umbrella logo embedded on it, which is where you would seat said device to charge remotely. That's pretty cool. And once you have it, it's $23.14. But that is with a 23% discount that is going on right now for the next 30 days. That's what it says here, at least. From $29.99. is better than like $23.14. (laughs) And I was waiting for you to say like $23.00 days instead of the 30 days because like everything was 23 (laughs) no no such like this time uh this device is compatible with the following iphones 8 8 plus x 11 12 12 pro and samsung note galaxies s9 s9 plus note 5 note 8 s8 s8 plus 7 s7 active s7 edge s6 and s6 edge those are the known compatible devices. So if you've got any of those, this is a pretty cool charger for you. Dang it. I can't use it. Well, and I will say this came out. So this is why you can only get it on Amazon right now, because it came out. I want to say, see if I can find the date here. I think it came out a couple years ago. Yes. Yeah, it came out in 2021. So you may be able to use it for your devices of modern day. Um, They don't usually update the lists on Amazon, but I will say buyer's risk on this one. If you're not entirely sure, it's a risk whether it'll work with it. But it does seem to have the same compatibility charging style as most wireless chargers do now, so chances are pretty good it'll work for you but that's what i have and the link will be in the show notes for that it is pretty cool if i knew for a fact that my phone would work for it i would definitely want it and get it mm-hmm. it'd be a nice little addition to the uh desk here just set your phone down and it charges no like right next to my bed i can be lazy <laughs> and just lay my phone on it oh gosh so yeah that's what i have for today's show notes Today's show notes? Today's show notes. It just goes in the show notes. Don't delete this entire thing out of the mid-break. Oh, sweet. Uh, but that's it. That's the end of the middle of the show. Is the end of the middle of the show. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're going to go from here to discussing Apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll see you at the end of the show. Yeah. As soon as I talk about our sponsor. Fucking knew it. <laughs> So, head on over to uh, Fanroll Dice and use our promo code AlmightyC10, which is A L L Mighty and the letter C 10, and save yourself 10% off of their merchandise. What is their merchandise? Well, they have dice. Get it? Merchandise. Dice. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, yeah, they do have dice and they have huge variety of different types of dice. And they also have like dice bags and dice trays and dice towers and all of that type of stuff. So if you're interested, and even if you're not, you should head over there anyways, because you might become interested if you're not. And save yourself 10% off of your purchase. I'd like to add something here, since I know we have a lot of other pod fellow podcast hosts that listen to this show. They also do custom orders, so you can send to them your own custom order for whatever kind of style of dice you want, prints, what you want inside of them, dice bags, dice trays. You can get your own logos and everything put on these things. It's a great little merchandise item that you can sell on the side or even have for yourself. It's awesome that you can put these orders in. And all you have to do is go to the website and say, I want to do a custom order. So Aaron won't let me get one. A custom set? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not right now. <laughs> Aaron doesn't let me have anything. That's not true. That is 100% true. But anyway, there you go. So like Ariel said, head on over to Fan Roll Dice. Promo code Almighty C10. There you go. End of show, right? Yep. Okay. We're going to the end. <laughs> well, here we are at the end of the show. I'm filled with sadness because we're ending this show. And pizza. This episode, not the show. Let me correct myself. <laughs> sadness and pizza. Yeah, we had pizza today for lunch. <sighs> but that's all right. Before we end it, we have to talk about uh, Apocalypse and uh, what we thought and things we noticed that we liked and didn't like. It's just discussion time. Let's go. It was all right. It was all right. <laughs> I only watched it 37 million times. It's all right. <laughs> so thoughts. First, uh, first thing I want you guys to go over is when you first watched this, what did you think? Not this time around, but when you first saw this. <laughs> Long ago. <laughs> it was, but like I remember going to the theater and watching it. I remember being super fucking excited. I remember absolutely fucking loving it. It was like the greatest thing in the world to me. Then at that point, I was like, I don't know how old I was, but I was at some age. <laughs> I was at some age. I was at some age. But no, I loved it. I was super pumped. What are your thoughts, Daniel? I don't remember my first time watching this. I know I've seen it multiple times, but I don't remember when I actually had to watch it. Well, what I'm asking here is, did you dissect it like you did this time around? Or did you? Not. Of course, in, you went in and loved it. I went in to watch it. a movie. You went in and watched the movie and you loved it, right? I, probably for the most part, yeah. Yeah. I felt the same. I I was like, oh man, this is this is Resident Evil. This is this is this is good. Now let's go into what we thought this time as we were dissecting it. <laughs> well, to kind of add a little bit more to that, I remember being super excited that it was in the city, that it was in Raccoon City. Yeah. Because at that point, it I understood even then I understood that this wasn't the same universe. Hmm. But I loved the fact that it, they did that and it felt more like a Resident Evil movie yeah. because of it. So. Yeah. I, I agree completely with that. That's kind of how I felt. It was like, oh, this feels more like Resident Evil than the first one did. But now we go through the dissection. 
Yeah, there's another one we'll discuss later in detail <laughs> is opposite of this. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ariel. Hmm. Thoughts now that you had to dissect it. I still fucking love it. <laughs> like, looking now, as opposed to, I don't even know how old I was when I watched it, but I don't, there was a few things I didn't like. I still fucking loved it. Mm. There was a few things I didn't like. So, like, mainly what I didn't like was the fact that at the end, Nemesis finally gained some, like, consciousness and was like, oh, this is Alice. Since when did any B.O.W. on, like, Final Mutation, I guess he really technically wasn't on Final Mutation. Mm. But anyways, uh, any B.O.W. get that sort of, like, consciousness that's like, oh, you know what? I don't want to attack her. I'm going to fight with her. Yeah, I mean, that one didn't bother me as much as it did you. But I get where you're coming from. Like, there's never been a B.O.W. in any any sort of media from Resident Evil that B.O.W. gained consciousness was like, oh, except for I know what you're going to say. Fear. Fear. Well, and even well, in even Infinite then. Darkness, he didn't, like, go back to his original consciousness of, like, I don't know, maybe he did because maybe he was always a fucking asshole. But he killed the girl. Mm-hmm. And they were partners. Yeah. You know, and in this, it was like, oh, yeah, I met her. Like, I spent like a couple hours with her, but like, it's fucking awesome. And now I'm going to save her and we're going to fight together. <laughs> like, it just, I didn't like that part. I understood where they were going with it, as in, like, Oh, let's let's make this little twist of now he remembers who Alice is and he's gonna help her. I get where they were going with it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it in like. I mean, you could also argue that in Vendetta, I think it was, where we had the tricell first pop up. Well, technically, they they popped up at the end of the very first degeneration. But yeah, but tricell was like the main, like the big fight, and the brother got. Infected and everything, wasn't it, Vendetta? That's the first one. That's Degeneration. Oh, yeah, I guess it is. So Degeneration is the one I'm thinking of. I get them all confused. The CGI ones, I get confused. So Degeneration, yeah. But still, even to Ariel's defense, he wasn't in his full transformation stage when he recognized who his sister was. Right. He he was still processing a transformation when he recognized his sister and told her to run. When he fully transformed, he was just worried about mating. Yeah, which was super fucking weird. <laughs> but again, to Ariel's credit, again, fully transformed BOWs never revert, revert back to some form of humanity. They have always become just vicious killing machines. Yeah, and you could argue the fact that that wasn't Nemesis's full, like final mutation. But what is Nemesis other than a giant freaking mutation? Well, even then, Nemesis doesn't mutate again and again because of oh this isn't even my final form it's he mutates out of evolutionary necessity Mm -hmm. he doesn't mutate because it hasn't bonded with him completely it's because he needs to mutate to become faster or stronger or whatever the case may be he's in his final form he just mutates as needed to become stronger yeah and I also didn't like how he was ran by a program 
Okay. Because, like, it was them running Nemesis. And, you know, the scientists behind the fucking screen running Nemesis. Like, before, it's just, let's just drop this fucker off and see who he fucking kills. Like, it's just, you know, whoever gets in the way. But now... It's just like, okay, well, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and we're going to run them, and well, no, that's weird. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up, because even in the original three game, Nemesis was controlled to a degree. They gave him one instruction, kill stars, and that was the only instruction they could give him. And mm-hmm. that's what he did. Yeah. He wasn't controlled completely like, oh, we're going to change his directive now. No, it was 100% kill stars, drop off, mm-hmm. done. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he's been controlled in some way, form, or fashion always, but never to this degree. Yeah, but they, they could have trained him in that case. Yeah. To this is how stars dress. This is who you need to get rid of. Or, oh, kill Jill. This is what she looks like. Yeah. And he can know certain commands, but it's different from how the program seems like. The AI, when they did sit with Alice and you see all the ones and zeros AI. Yeah. Yeah, because in the games, it was like a simple command. Mm-hmm. One command, but this, it's the whole thing. Well, yeah, and we saw it again in other movies, too, when they brought out the tyrants. And they were their directive was to go and defend the underground research facility when we saw Leon, you know, tank kiss one of them. And uh, <laughs> well, they were probably still given simple commands. And not that's, AI what, commands. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they were exactly given simple commands of go defend the base, essentially. Like, tyrants are simple command creatures. You cannot program them on the go. <laughs> and then one final thing of something I just really didn't like. So I was completely fine with the mutation that Alice had gotten in the beginning with the, okay, she's faster, stronger, because I feel like that's what, uh, you know, a vir- the T-virus, how it would mutate you. Mm-hmm. Maybe faster, stronger, maybe thicker skin, whatever, whatever it may be. What I didn't like was at the end when she got those mental powers. She looked at the guy through the camera and killed him. Yeah, that kind of got me. Even Wesker doesn't have those powers. <laughs> it was too much for me. I didn't like that. And that's one reason why I really don't like Alice, uh, the character Alice, mm-hmm. because now all of a sudden she has mental powers. No, I was I was okay with the stronger, faster abilities that she had. But when they started introducing the mental abilities, I was done. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's that's what the T-Virus was originally created to do, was to make better, faster, stronger humans. That's what Wesker wanted, was evolution. Now, it wasn't Wesker who originally created it. I know, everybody's going to, no, it wasn't Wesker. But that's what Wesker kept pushing for. That's what Wesker's agenda was, is to have, like, a superhuman race. <laughs> that's what Wesker was in the games. <laughs> That's what Wesker is in the movies. <laughs> well, Spencer wanted that originally. Well, he, okay, yeah, Spencer wanted it, but Wesker, Wesker perpetuated it. Yeah, it. yeah I, I, you see, I knew somebody was going to say it. Actually. Actually. Yeah, I know what I'm saying. Wesker perpetuated the ideology, but still, nobody had psychic freaking powers. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. This is too weird for me. I didn't like that. 
but I still loved it. I still absolutely <laughs> loved it. What are your thoughts, Daniel? What are some things that you did or didn't like? Well, I wondered if Ariel was going to bring this up, but she didn't. So now I can bring it up. <laughs> so it's never explained how it happened. So if they were explaining it, I would understand it better. But the graveyard zombies. <laughs> oh, we talked about that. Yes. Why? Because to me, if the infection was no longer airborne in the hive mm-hmm. and it was exposed, it became down to scratch and bite. Technically, I would think. Then how did the zombies come up out of the graves? Because even if there's water, it rained a little bit, I think. But I don't think it's enough to. Yeah, there was a like a the storm in the like not beginning part. You know, in the church, it was storming and it yeah. was raining while they were in the church. So, but I don't think it's enough to cause that. Even if it got into the water supply, because you still need evaporation and all yeah. that to make that happen. And you could also use the argument: it's the T virus, which reanimates dead cells. I feel like at that point, uh, modern zombies. I don't know, because cells are in your blood, which they get rid of, you know, through... um, Embalming. Yeah, embalming. So, you know, it's... So that's the only thing that threw me off, is how they came up, because it wasn't explained. If it was explained, I would understand it better, but there's, to me, there's no explanation for it, other than plot armor, like a plot point. That's exactly what that point was, honestly. It was, I want classic horror movie zombie trope. Return of the Living Dead. Return of the Living Dead here. (laughs) uh, And we're just going to do, they have to go through a graveyard. How convenient. Uh, And, oh, look, all the zombies come out of the graves. That's exactly what that was. And for years, I have always just went, meh, cool fight scene. Let's get to what actually matters and what is actually pretty reasonable. I agree, though. That and when Dr. Ashford came back. He wasn't bit. He wasn't bit. He wasn't like he didn't inject himself. He was still in a wheelchair, so he wasn't injecting himself. He came back. What the heck? Yeah. I think I don't know. Maybe they were trying that whole it's still airborne type thing. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But even then we go back to. Then it would already be an epidemic. Or it would be more epidemic than it then, is. Yeah, and I mean, we're getting into territory now where we're going to start touching with other movies. They could still make that argument. That still could be what they were going for. I'm not going to go too much into this whole airborne theory because as we know and we go into these movies, bad shit happens and it gets worse. So maybe, maybe it is airborne. Maybe that's how it got into the soil and resurrected all the zombies. But Ariel's point still stands. Uh, how? <laughs> like, yeah, there's cells all over your body. It's not just yeah. in your blood. But, like, that's, you know, primarily... You need... I don't know. I'm not going to go into the whole scientific process <laughs> of We're not that. doctors here. We're yeah, doctors. so... Because I get there are other cells in your body other than in your blood. So anybody that's like, oh, you're an idiot, I already know. It's the hair and nails that got animated and that's what brought it back. <laughs> right? <laughs> then about its destruction. Because the explosion was in the air and not on the ground itself. Okay, so I may have misled you on that one. There are bombs that do explode midair. Uh, but I don't know as if they I can't speak to whether or not they caused that level of destruction or not 
Well, and being the way it was, it seems like more like that would just destroy things. And like the other movie that we'll eventually discuss later did a better job of destruction yeah. of the town slash city. So with the one that they used, I think it's just going to cause destruction, but it's not going to cause like incineration. Yeah, no. I think you, if anything, you're going to maybe kill some zombies, but you're probably just going to knock them down the ones that are further away. Mm-hmm. And then they're still going to be able to escape. And from then on, it's just chaos. I mean, even in the games, the missiles hit ground. They didn't just explode overhead. They hit ground. Maybe they missed. <laughs> Pre-detonation. I don't know. I'm not a bomb expert, but Nor am I. I felt like that was, again, a choice of cinematography. Yeah. They Special were, effects. Yeah. They were like, oh, this will look pretty cool if we shoot it from this angle. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, is that all you got? I think so. I mean, I had a, a decent amount of BOWs. Mm. I mean, I guess the zombies count, but I did have a little bit of variances in there. And he had zombie strippers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had titties. He was okay. Uh- <laughs> I'm shaking my head, people. We can't see it, but I'm slowly shaking my head. Shaking my head. So uh, you guys pretty much need to hit the nail on the head for everything I wanted to talk about. Minus one thing. The biggest thing that got me in this movie. Was them big old titties? No. Was the lack of con? Was it convoluity? Convo, I can never say it. Continuity. Continuity. There we go. The lack of continuity. Because in the beginning of this, we get Jill Valentine. Oh, she's she's dismissed from duty. But, but, but why? We're never going to explain it. You're going to have to zoom into a newspaper article and piece shit together on your own to explain that. You could have given me five minute rundown on why. Five minutes. I didn't think it would have taken five minutes. Not even. <laughs> Cool. Oh, you did it in two seconds. I was like, cool. I'm okay with that answer. But why did we have to go to the internet to dig that up? Yeah, because it could have been even a new yes. scene. Like in the background, you get like just the vocal as it pans yeah. away from a Yeah, rewatching scene. old news tapes or whatever, you know. Or it could have even been Jill explaining it to somebody. <sighs> yeah. About why like. Something. She was suspended. Yeah. Give me something. I, I If you're going to introduce these characters and we're going to run into this again later. If you're going to introduce these characters from the mainstream Resident Evil franchise, I'm going to need justifications why they blend into this universe that is not the normal RE universe. I need a justification as to why. You cannot just wishy-washy put these guys in and go, okay, well, your favorite character's in. Have fun. You can when it's an action movie. (laughs) Not with me. I need story. Uh, You know, you've got that. So You've also got uh, the fact that Alice came in with the motorcycle and was all of a sudden a genetic badass, but she could barely walk five, you know, minutes earlier when she was in the streets trying to get into places and a <sighs> little bit of context here would have been okay with me. Uh, just Nemesis. Why did Nem- Why are all the stars people carried up in a gas station? And why did Nemesis able to kill them all off so easily? Like, Because stars. But they're the biggest badasses. And even in three, he had a hard time killing some stars members. Okay, but <laughs> even the biggest badasses can still get mowed down by that fucking... Absolutely. I'm not saying... But that was quick. <laughs> it was quick because plot armor. Real quick. That's what I'm saying. Like, 
I get you only had such so much of a runtime, and I get that you only had you know the movie was more about Alice than anybody else. I'm okay with all these things, but if you're gonna introduce characters, please give me some continuity. It's it's I, I'm gonna say this repeatedly throughout this entire series. Give me some continuity and some context. How do they fit into your version of this world? That's what I want. I want to end the movie. I don't want to have to dig through the internet, scour different papers and people's theses and theories and Thesis. plot points. And I am writing my thesis. Resident Evil Apocalypse. But that's my takeaway: is that you know continuity, 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 continuity. Well, I also did when you brought up the stars members being held up. And they probably have fought multiple zombies at this point to survive. Yes. So they probably have determined by this point that you have to shoot them in the head for the most part. Mm-hmm. So when Nemesis showed up, why did the sniper take a chest shot instead of shooting him in the head? Even though he looks different, I would go, hmm, look at the scope. Yeah, something's wrong with his face. Yep. I think he's not human. Face shot. Maybe it wouldn't have killed him, but... Well, but yeah. he had the one eye, the one normal eye. Pretty sure a sniper would think that oh, I'm going to shoot him straight through that normal looking eye. Uh, again, plot armor. Continuity. <laughs> like, Star's supposed to be the best of the best. They even said it in the movie. Star's the best of the best. Then why did you make them look like idiots? Plot armor. Plot armor. <laughs> I'm okay with plot armor to a degree. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I just want to bring that up because if I was that sniper, I would have shot him like I, in the face. Again, that is my biggest complaint with this. Everything else I can look past and still enjoy. I know we've said a lot of negative things here about this movie. It's still a great movie. I mean, I got some positives. And we're going to get to those. But just think about those things. <laughs> so positives. We need some positives. We need to boost this movie back up. What do you got? Um, so number one positive was the um, actor casted for Carlos. Oh my god! Odin, like, mm. I knew that was gonna happen. I can't help it. <laughs> I really can't. He is a very sexy man. <sighs> mm. So some actual positives would be nice. Mm. Well, and <laughs> kind of going off hers, despite Jill's like looks. I think the actress did actually look a lot like Jill. And then when they even dressed her similar to Jill, they did real well Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, I I like the way they did Jill. And, okay, some actual positives. I loved the action of this movie. It was very Mm action-packed. It wasn't drawn-out, boring, like, okay, when we're going to get to the next part of this movie. It was action-packed, and I loved it. Yeah. It was action every corner. Yeah, because that was also, you know... It's Resident Evil. There's lots of action, mm-hmm. especially in like two and three. And story-wise, it was pretty good, despite yeah. there being some holes that we didn't get answers to. We had to look into, but yeah, and honestly, those holes were tiny in comparison. Yes, it did not. When I watched it the first time, it wasn't enough to take away from it. Now, yeah, as I've watched it for the fifteenth time, and I had to dissect it. Yeah, it, yeah. we're not breaking it down. At the first yeah, we're not time. breaking it down <laughs> the first time. It was a good watch the first time. I looked over those things. So what other positives we have? Those can't be the onlys. Like, I... (laughs) I did love how they even, like, updated the way liquors looked. 
clearly, you know, the graphics got better. They got better funding, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, mm-hmm. you know, they had at least used that to upgrade the look of the liquors. I And, you know, the zombie fucking dogs still looked fucking scary as hell. Even though police don't use Dobermans, but... That's what I was going Whatever. <laughs> I just remembered that point as soon as she yeah. brought that up. Yeah, yeah. Nah. But I, I still thought they looked fucking scary as fuck. And, yep. like, the way Nemesis looked, I loved it. I know a lot of people didn't, but I did. I loved the way Nemesis looked. Yeah. I don't know why you didn't. He was the exact same we was in game, so... I don't know. I just know I I've, like... Know. Throughout the years, I've seen people upset about the way he looked in the movies. I thought he fucking looked awesome. You try to put somebody in an eight foot tall costume and <laughs> I mean, make he, it look realistic. He did have a Mr. X moment mm. when he went through the police wall. <laughs> it's immediately what I thought as soon as mm-hmm. he went through it. Uh, I will, I've got a big positive here. I'm glad they took the risk to introduce actual canon characters into this movie's franchise. I'm glad they took the risk. Could it have been done a little bit smidgen of a better? Yes. But I like the fact that Mac became Nemesis. I like that fact. Not only was it a movie tie-in, but it was also a video game tie-in. And it was an in-world explanation of where the Nemesis came from. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Uh, I like the fact that Jill came into play here. Jill and Carlos. Yeah. Because they were both from three. And their personalities were just a tad off. Yeah. Because Jill was... Jill was more out for herself type of thing. Not out for herself in a way that it was like, I only care about myself. But um, sending Terry and LJ out on their own yeah. in the school that I feel like Jill wouldn't have done that. The, the video game Jill. But still, be, she was still a fucking badass, just like she was in the games. And Carlos was still a badass, but I would have liked to seen his little funny, like, flirtatious remarks. Because yeah. that's how Carlos was in the games. And But, you know, I, I liked how they still kept them mm-hmm. relatively the same. I'm also kind of upset that Alice apparently is the focal point of all major male characters in this series. I'm, I'm upset that they took the Joe Carlos away. I ship Joe <laughs> Carlos. I'm upset they took that away here, but whatever. Uh, no, I am happy that they included Jill and Carlos, and I'm happy that they included them in the events of three. Essentially, this is the events of three. Mm-hmm. I'm happy they did that. I'm excited for that. I'm ex- I was excited when they announced Leon was going to be in one of the movies, and I was excited when Ada was going to be in one of. The- I was excited every time they said, "Hey, we're going to drop this canon character." I am excited. I'm glad they take these risks. And this one, they didn't do too bad on. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, Danny, what positives you got? It's a good movie. Oh God! I gave him a positive story. I like the story for the most part. That's all the positives you get? Yeah. I mean, mm. I would have been smarter and not open the high like it did, but <laughs> that's, that sounds more like a negative. Mm. And I got one more positive. Oh, let's go. I fucking love the music. Oh, it's great. Uh, I fucking love the music. 
When I say music, like, you know, the soundtracks, shit like that. Mm. Fucking loved it. It's very, More great music. Very heavy. <laughs> I liked it. Well, is that all the positives we have, team? Um, yeah. I fucking loved it. I loved the action. I loved all of it. Just those few little things I didn't like. So, as far as sequels goes, everybody says the original is better than the sequel. Would you say that takes place here? You know, honestly, that's a hard one. Because I love both of them for different aspects of it. Hmm. Because the second one, I love more than... I don't really love it more than the first, though. But I don't love it less. I love the second one for its action. So you love them equally for different reasons. Exactly. So yeah. I couldn't say that, oh, I love the original more than the sequel. I love them both for their own reasons. Okay. I mean, that's still an acceptable answer. So they're both equally as good for different reasons. Mm-hmm. What about you, Daniel? I think I like this one more because it's out of the hive, but I, I think I have my times when I like the first one better. And that is not necessarily just because the sequel is not always as great but mm. this one did take place in raccoon city while the first one is you get more of, about the t-virus or at least what it you learn what it does while in the second one it's already happened you're assumed to already know what's going on with the t-virus mm. for the most part you don't get a lot of explanation how it works so are you in the same boat as ariel i like them both for different reasons yes they're on par with each other yeah i guess i'm the odd man out here i actually like the second one better than the first because I, to me, felt more, more RE, more modern RE. You know, classic RE was more of the mystery, horror kind of aspect. This one to me felt like more of the modern RE that I fell in love with. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Hmm. I mean, I don't hate the first one by any means. I like it, but I think the first one's better than the second, or the second one's better than the first. But opinions, they're personal. <laughs> <laughs> They're like assholes. Everyone's got one. Yeah. So, anything else y'all want to add before we do ratings? No. No, I think I covered it all. Okay. Well then, Ariel, what do you got for a rating? <laughs> Hands down, five out of five. Ooh, no <laughs> Leon and a five out of five. Okay, five Leons out of five. <laughs> or should I, I should say five Carloses out of five on this one. Uh. So... No, I really did. I did like the story. Yes, there were holes and stuff, but I still liked the story. I loved how it was action-packed. It kept my interest from start to finish. And just, it was great. I, like I said before, I watched it like five million times. I really did. As soon as it came out on DVD. She not lying. <laughs> and then I bought it and then I watched it over and over and over again because I'm just that type of person. So yeah, I loved it. Five out of five. Daniel, what do you got for a rating? I think I'm going to give it five out of five Rebecca's. <gasps> it's been a what? while, Daniel, since you've given a five out of five. Well, this may be because Jill looked on par with her video game counterpart as far as appearance. So we'll let Jill be the one in this. 
I think what Daniel's trying to say is he wants to be in a Jill sandwich. <laughs> I will neither verify nor deny those claims. I could see him being in a Jill Rebecca sandwich. That's mm, Daniel. <laughs> a Jill Becca sandwich. Jill Becca. Uh, I'll find a meme. Oh, God. <laughs> or he'll make one. So I have to give this a. Mm, that's a tough one for me. I'm going to say a 4.9 out of 5. Hunks. Curse, you have to be different. Well, I just, it really upset me with the differences and like how they didn't put a little bit more effort into weaving the main like canon characters in. It kind of upset me on this one. First, you said that you were excited that they put in the main characters. Now you're saying you're upset that they didn't weave no, in the main characters? No, I said I'm excited that they put the main characters in, but I am upset that they didn't take the time to effectively weave them into the storyline. Like, they just kind of glossed over Jill and knowing how to shoot zombies in the head with a newspaper article that they show for like 2.6 seconds in the beginning intro. <laughs> this is why. Never going to explain it again. I expect you to pause it. Yeah. So it's a longer runtime. That's really like if I could give them like a 4.9 point. I'm going to give it 4.99. Like I 4. would. 4.9 point. Point, point, point. Yeah, 4.99 would be more effective. Like it's just like a hair bit that upsets me about it. And but everything else is great. Just that one piece. And the zombie graveyard. Make better choices. <laughs> <laughs> Always have to be different. <sighs> Even Daniel was like five out of five. But I was justified. <laughs> oh. Well, that's it. It's the ratings. It's the end of this episode. So what are we doing next episode? Crying a little because it's a really, really sad movie. What is it? Extinction. <gasps> Oh, it's because something happens. I won't ruin it. Anyway, <laughs> I remember it now. Uh, uh, I had to console you after that. <laughs> you did not see Extinction with me. I didn't. I watched it later with you. But. Well, yeah. Um, well, Extinction's up next. Ready for that? Emotional train wreck. Oh, I'm super. I, I loved Extinction, too. So I'm. Just being me when I'm saying it was sad. I loved it. <sighs> well, then, before we go, Daniel, do you got anything you want to tell everybody? Anything yeah, going eat on? your vitamins and get a lot of sleep. Oh, and whatever. I guess if you want to follow me on Twitter, slash phone for Daniel, you'll see when I go live on Twitch. I switched that around a little bit. Yeah, you did. Which my Twitch is twitch.tv slash phone link for Daniel. <laughs> Had to think about I it. I think I gave you the, the site a little bit wrong. Yeah. But you'll definitely see a picture of Tariff on there that Ariel has drawn way in the past for me. Yeah. He's, he's my profile picture for <laughs> only four yeah. currently. That was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so if you want to watch me stream, I stream Mondays and Thursdays around 7 p.m. Central Time. Mondays, I'm currently playing Skyrim. And on Thursdays, I am playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And when Aaron streams a game I want to play and I want to stream it, I will stream it. Usually that's on a Wednesday or Saturday, which he can tell you about. 
But if not, I'm sometimes hanging around giving him hell in his channel. <laughs> or modding and clipping a lot of stupid stuff. Yeah, zombie nut shots. Uh, <laughs> Ariel, you got anything going on or anywhere we can talk to you or hang out with you? Well, I don't have shit going on because uh, Aaron just does not stop putting work on me. So oh. I don't get to do fun things like streaming and shit like that. So I'm pretty boring. Oh, whatever. And if you want to get a hold of me, though, you can on Discord. Oh. Because I'm not exactly active in there. But if you tag me in a message, I'll see it right away and, you know, respond. So <laughs> I try to be active. I do. But Aaron, like I said, puts, you know, too many jobs on me. So <sighs> my fault. Mm hmm. Well, I do Twitch. <laughs> uh, if you want to go hang out with us on a Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Time or a Saturday 9 p.m. Central Time, you can hang out with whoever decides to stream with me. Sometimes it's Mark, Daniel, Dave. Uh, hoping to get Ariel in there sometime. We get Wolf jumping in. We get all kinds of random people jumping in and having fun with us. And we stream whatever tickles our fancy that night and whatever we think we're going to have the most fun with. Uh, but you can go over to twitch.tv backslash almighty crit and follow me there. And uh, yeah, I'm in the discord too. You can come chat with me there. I might be as well. No guarantee. Oh God. But I can guarantee you, if you, you know, tag us, we definitely see it right away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even while I'm at work. Yep. Well, with that being said, I think that's time for the end of the show. So thank you all for listening. Tune in next week. For Extinction! <gasps> oh. Bye there. Bye. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a comment and review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at RE Lurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember, we might have something that might interest you, stranger.